Oscar-winning Italian composer Ennio Morricone has died at the age of 91. You may not know the name, but you'll certainly have heard the music. He composed scores for more than 500 film and television productions, including A Fistful of Dollars and The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Our entertainment correspondent Lisa Mazimba looks back at his life. music defines so many classics. Mi fa un po' strano dire che io a sei anni ho cominciato a comporre. In leggiatura io mi mettevo a scrivere delle cose. This time also saw the start of an enduring partnership. Morricone's on the right, on the left, a boy called Sergio Leone. As an adult, he'd direct the spaghetti westerns that Morricone would provide the music for. Uno, due. He was prolific, composing over 500 scores for film and TV. His theme for BBC drama, The Life and Times of David Lloyd George, became an unlikely chart hit. he cut down on work but was tempted back his score for the mission combined Jesuit music native music and oboe music was Morricone's life and reflecting that perhaps his most personal score was for Cinema Paradiso. The story of a man whose passion for film began as a young boy. Morricone's own love affair with cinema was one that lasted a lifetime. Hello. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus film podcast. I just let it roll in the first half. Two years ago, the world lost a prolific virtuoso, a composer, maestro, Ennio Morricone. Ennio Morricone is synonymous with Sergio Leone. He is synonymous with big musical scores. Everything from a fistful of dollars to Cinema, Cinema Perdiso, The Battle of Algiers, 1900, Days of Heaven, La Professionnelle, The Thing, Once Upon a Time in America, The Mission, The Untouchables, Mission to Mars, Bugsy, Disclosure, and The Line of Fire, Bullworth, Ripley's Game, and The Hateful Eight. 
His score to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is regarded as one of the most recognizable and influential soundtracks in history. He was born Ennio Morricone on November 10th, 1928, in Rome, the Kingdom of Italy, and died today in Rome, July 6, 19, or 2020, at the age of 91. He was a composer, orchestrator, conductor, musician, producer. Morricone was born in Rome, the son of Lebria Redolfi and Mario Morricone, a musician. At the time of his birth, Italy was under fascist rule. His family came from Arpino near uh, Rosenidio. Morricone had four siblings, Adriana, Aldo, Maria, Franca, and lived in... Trasf oh, jeez. I want to get it right because I have a lot. Well, actually, I have Italian lineage. Trastevere. Trastevere in the center of Rome. His father was a professional trumpeter who performed in the light music orchestras, while his mother set up small textile businesses. During his early school days, Morricone was also a classmate of later collaborator Sergio Leone. Morricone's father first taught him to read music and to play several instruments. He entered the St. Cecilia Conservatory to take trumpet lessons under the guidance of Umberto Sampruno. He formally entered the conservatory in 1940 at the age of 12, enrolling in a four-year harmony program that he completed within six months. He studied the trumpet, composition, and choral music under the direction of Gifredo Patrici, to whom Morricone would later dedicate concert pieces. In 1941, Morricone was chosen among the students of the St. Cecilia Conservatory to be part of the Orchestra of the Opera, directed by Carlo Zecchi. On the occasion of a tour of Ven Vento Region, he received his diploma in trumpet in 1946 continued to work in classical compositions and arrangement. Morricone received the Diploma Instrumentation for Band Arrangement with a mark of 9 out of 10 in 1952. He, his studies concluded at the Conservatory of St. Cecilia in 1954, where he obtained a final 9.5 out of 10 in his Diploma of Composition under Patrice. Ah. Had a very long life. First of all, he didn't, I don't think he spoke English. He did not live in Hollywood. He preferred to live in Italy. Okay. He stuck to his guns. He worked with a lot of filmmakers. Film scores. Film scores is, are what we know Maestro Morricone for. After graduation in 1954. Morricone started to write and arrange music as a ghostwriter for films, credited to already well-known composers, while also arranging for many light music orchestras of the RAI television network, working especially with Armando Trovoli, uh, Alessandro Cogini, and Carlo Savena. He occasionally adapted anglicized pseudonyms such as Dan Savio and Leo Nicolas. 
1959, Morricone was the conductor and uncredited co-composer for Mario... Oh, jeez. Let's go over to here. Yeah. I would always, I've always wanted to learn Italian. Um, mainly, I would have loved to have interviewed Morricone. Let's go over to here. What a, a, I've talked about him at length on the show, the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, on the date of his birth, on the date of his death, because I have the utmost respect for Morricone. For me, the, he, well, we'll get to that. Mario Nassabine. Mario Nassabine. Okay. Score to Montre du Un, Amico, Death of a Friend, an Italian drama directed by Franco Rossi in the same year. He composed music for the theater show Il Litrio Finia by Luciano Salsi. Now we're going to skip over to really the era that made Morricone famous. And that was the westerns, the spaghetti westerns. And it all began with his good friend and schoolmate, Sergio Leone. The turning point in Morricone's career took place in 1964, the year in which his third child, Andrea Morricone, who would also become a film composer, was born. Film director and former schoolmate Sergio Leone hired Morricone, and together they created a distinctive score to accompany Leone's different version of a Western, A Fistful of Dollars, the Dollars Trilogy. Because budget structures limited Morricone's success, access to a full orchestra, he used gunshots, cracking whips, whistle voices, Jew harps, trumpets, and the new Fender electric guitar. Instead of an orchestra, arrangements of Western standards a la John Ford. Morricone used his special effects to punctuate and comically tweak the action, calling in the audience to the taciturn man's ironic stance. As memorable as Leone's close-ups, harsh violence, and black comedy, Morricone's work helped to expand the musical possibilities of film scoring. Initially, Morricone was billed on the film as Dan Savio, a name they had used as Dula Nera Texas to help it appeal on the international market. A Fistful of Dollars came out in Italy in 1964 and was released in America three years later, greatly popularizing the so-called spaghetti western genre. For the American release, Sergio Leone followed Morricone and Massimo D'Alemio's lead and decided to adapt an American-sounding name, Bob Robertson, over the film's theatrical release. It grossed more than any other Italian film up to that point. The film debuted in the United States in January of 1967, where it grossed 4.5 for the year million. It eventually grossed 14.5 million in an American release against its budget of, (laughs) according to U.S. estimate, $200,000. With the score of a fistful of dollars, Morricone began his 20-year collaboration with his childhood friend Alessandro Alastrini and his cantori moderni. Alessandri provided the, provided the whistling and twanging guitar in the film scores, while his cantori moderni was a flexible troupe of modern singers. Morricone specifically exploited the solo soprano of the group 
Etta del Oruiso, on the height of her powers, an extraordinary voice at my disposal. The composer subsequently scored Leone's other two films, Dollars Trilogy, A Man With No Name, A Few Dollars More, and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. All three films starred the American actor Clint Eastwood as a man with no name and depicted Leone's own intense vision of the mythical West. Morricone commented in 2007, some of the music was written before the film, which was unusual. Leone's films were made like that because he wanted the music to be an important part of it. He kept the scenes longer because he did not want the music to end. According to Morricone, this explains why the films are so slow. Despite the small budget, film budgets, the Dollars Trilogy was a box office success. The available budget for The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly was about $1.2 million, but it became the most successful films of the Dollars Trilogy, grossing $25.5 million in the United States, and more than Lira, $2.3 billion, $1.3 million Euro in Italy alone. Morticoni's score became a major success and sold more than 3 million copies worldwide. On August 14, 1968, the original score was certified by the RIAA with a golden record for the sales of 500,000 copies in the United States. The main theme to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is also titled The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly was a hit in 1968 for Hugo Montenegro, whose rendition was number two on the Billboard Pop Singles chart. The Ecstasy of Gold became one of Morricone's best-known compositions, the opening scene of Jeff Tremaine's Jackass Number no. 2, in which the cast is chased through a suburban neighborhood by bulls, is accompanied by this piece. While punk rock band The Ramones used the Ecstasy of Gold as a closing theme during their live performances, Metallica, and I've seen them do this, uses the Ecstasy of Gold as the introductory music for its concert since 1983. This composition is also included on Metallica's live sym- symphonic album, S&M, as well as the live album, Live Shit, Binge, and Purge. An instrumental metal cover by Metallica with minimal vocals by the lead singer James Hetfield appeared on the 2007 Morricone tribute album We All Love Ennio Morricone. This metal version was nominated for a Grammy Award in the category of Best Instrumental Performance. In 2009, the Grammy Award-winning hip-hop artist Coolio extensively sampled the song for his song Change. Ennio Morricone was synonymous with Westerns. From Two Mules for Sister Sarah, starring Sergio Leone, actor Clint Eastwood, and Shirley MacLaine. He went on to do Death Rides a Horse. Now, Death Rides, I played all of those compositions at the beginning of the podcast. If I get in trouble, I don't care. And I doubt I will, because everybody that I talk to either loves Ennio Morricone or thinks he was weird. Now, Maestro Morricone would not like this, but I, to me, he is a rock star because those scores, that is the epitome of film music. On this show, we talk about the relationship of film and music, and Ennio Morricone was the best at that. He had that, I mean, everything from The Untouchables 
to Cinema Paradiso, to Death Rides a Horse, to 1900. Uh, but we're going to get to a moment that I really, really love. Because Morricone never did any scores for Eastwood when Eastwood became a director. Because I guess according to him, he felt that would have been him dissing Sergio Leone. He had, he had nothing against Eastwood. In 2009, Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino, originally wanted Morricone to compose the film score for Inglorious Bastards. Morricone was unable to because the film's sped-up production schedule conflicted with his scoring of Giuseppe Torrentoro's uh, Barria. However, Tarantino did use eight tracks composed by Morricone in the film, with four of them included on the soundtrack. The tracks originally came from Morricone's scores for The Big Gun Down, Revolver, and Alessavana. In 2012, Morricone composed the song Aruca Qui with lyrics by Italian singer Alicia for Tarantino's Django Unchained, a track that appeared together with three existing music tracks composed by Morricone on the soundtrack. It was one of the contenders for an Academy Award nomination Best Original Song category, but eventually the song was not nominated. In 2014, Morricone was misquoted as claiming that he never worked he would never work with Tarantino again and later agreed to write an original film score for Tarantino's The Hateful Eight which won him an Academy Award in 2016 in the best original score category his nomination for this film marked him at the time as the second oldest nominee in the Academy history behind Gloria Stewart from Titanic Morricone's win marked his first competitive Oscar, and at the age of 87, he became the oldest person at the time to win a competitive Oscar. He'd been nominated so many times for the Academy Award. In 2007, he was given an honorary Oscar by Clint Eastwood. Um, Morricone was married to Maria Travia. Where uh, he had three children, they had four children together, and they were married until his death in 2020. Morricone loved chess, having learned the game while he was uh, 11 before his musical career took off. He played in club tournaments in Rome in the mid 1950s. See, that's a lot of things when you find out you don't know. He influenced so many people. Uh, Metallica uses Morricone's The Ecstasy of Gold as an intro at their concerts. Shock Jock's Opie and Anthony also use the song at the start of the XM, their XM satellite radio and CBS radio shows. The San Francisco Symphony Orchestra also played it on Metallica's live albums S&M and S&M 2. The theme from A Fistful of Dollars is also used at a concert intro by Mars Volta. Radiohead drew inspiration from the recording style of Morricone for their 1997 album, OK Computer. Singer and composer Mike Patton of the band Faith No More was heavily influenced by Morricone's more experimental over 
and in 2005 he commissioned a compilation album called Crime and Dissonance of the lesser-known soundtracks by E. Maestro that was released on his own label. Charles Barkley's hit Crazy was musically inspired by Morricone. The band Muse cites Morricone as an influence for the songs City of Delusion, Hoodoo, and Knights of Sidonia on their 2006 album Black Holes and Revelations. The Prodigy repurposed Morricone's score from the 1966 La Reza de Conti for the big gun down on their 2009 Invaders Must Die. So there you see that everyone was influenced by Maestro Ennio Morricone. What a long and illustrious career. He was nominated seven times for a Grammy. How many did he win? Oh, I didn't know this. In 2010, Ennio Morricone and an Icelandic singer Bjork have won the Polar Prize Award. The Polar Prize Award is the Swedish biggest music award and typically shared by a pop artist and a classical musician. See, that I did not know. Ennio Morricone would be... how Okay. Because let's see. when At the time of his death, he was 91. Okay. If we go over to here, I hate when I'm having technical difficulties. He would be eight, 94 this year. 94. And he lived to the ripe old age of 91. Some would say that wasn't enough. And I understand that. A composer, a father, a son, a brother. These composers, we you know, they start off as kids. They grow up. They become part of legend, as was Ennio Morricone. He was nominated for, oh, geez. Let's look at this. Seven, oh, six. Uh, first nomination was The Days of Heaven. Second was The Mission. Third was The Untouchables. Fourth was Bugsy. Uh, the third. Fifth was Malena. In 2007, he received an honorary Academy Award. And in 2016, he won the best original score for The Hateful Eight. He was a winner of three Golden Globes for The Mission, The Legend of 1900, The Hateful Eight. The Globo d'Aurora Italian Golden Globes, he won for... Il Lungo Silencio. He won a Grammy Award for The Untouchables, for Best Original Score, for Best Instrumental Performance for Once Upon a Time in the West, the Grammy Hall of Fame, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and the Grammy Trustee Award. He had been nominated for The Hateful Eight for Best Score and Best Instrumental Performance. He was the recipient of four ASCAP awards, the Untouchables, In the Line of Fire, Lifetime Achievement Award, and Wolf. He received whoa, six BAFTAs, Days of Heaven, Once Upon a Time in America, The Mission, The Untouchables, Cine Cinema Paradiso, The Hateful Eight. 
Whoa. Yeah. What a long and illustrious career. I have the utmost respect for Ennio Morricone. And, um, yeah. To have that long a life and a collaboration with your best friend that lasted until the death of Sergio Leone. And there, and here we end with the moment that so many never get, but he got before he died. And I was blessed to have gone to the USS, the University of Steven Spielberg, <laughs> when we co-produced The Color Purple, and we used to refer to the music as emotion lotion. You know what I mean, Wardell? <laughs> this year's exceptional compositions are sure to bring that special sense of shared experience to audiences for years to come. Here are the nominees for Best Original Score. Bridge of Spies by Thomas Newman. Carol by Carter Burrow. Sicario by Johan Johansson. The Hateful Eight by Ennio Morricone. Star Wars, The Force Awakens by John Williams. And the Oscar goes to Ennio Morricone, The Hateful Eight, my brother. Di Fratellino. This is the first Oscar and sixth nomination for Ennio Morricone. He also received an honorary award in 2006 in recognition of his magnificent and multifaceted contributions to the art of film music. Buonasera signori, buonasera. Ringrazio l'Accademia per questo prestigioso riconoscimento. Thank you the Academy for this prestigious acknowledgement. Il mio pensiero va agli altri nominati, in particolare allo stimato John Williams. My tribute goes to the other nominees and in particular to the esteemed John Williams. Non c'è una musica importante senza un grande film che la ispiri. There isn't a great soundtrack without a great movie that inspires it. Ringrazio Quentin Tarantino per avermi scelto e Harvey Weinstein e tutto il team che hanno reso possibile questo straordinario film. I want to thank Quentin Tarantino for accompanying me, Harvey Weinstein, and the entire team who made this extraordinary film. Dedico questo film, questo questa musica. E questa vittoria all'Oscar a mia moglie Maria. 
I dedicate this award to my wife, Maria, who is uh, watching me. Thank you. Woo, and a lot of people don't always get that chance before it's too late. There are many who have been nominated for Academy Awards that never win. And Maestro Ennio Morricone won that competitive Oscar. Or as someone said in the comments, I love this. This is this is totally true. Ennio Morricone didn't win the Oscar. The Oscar won Ennio Morricone. That is true. There are so many films that I could talk about. Kill Bill in particular, where Death Rides a Horse, you know, that was in another film, and Tarantino used it for a very distinct scene. It was a Mexican standoff between the bride and Orenishi. Orenishi. And she calls to the bride, and you hear that music, and it builds, and that is the power of Ennio Morricone. Or, of course... The ecstasy of gold. The times that I've seen Metallica, when you hear the ecstasy of gold, you know it is showtime. So wherever you are, Maestro Ennio Morricone, I want to give you respect. And um, here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, for I played those scores because he is a rock star. He wouldn't have liked that, that we call him a rock star of, of film scores because he was. And here are our rock stars being influenced by Ennio Morricone and using his arrangements and using his scores for films and for music. That says a lot. A lot of people don't get that. Even even John Williams. You know, we think of Jaws and E.T. and Schindler's List, those scores. And he has great acclaim and he's known for the Boston Pops. But he doesn't have what Ennio Morricone has. Ennio Morricone has the... It's a, it's a musical firmament that people who don't particularly like classical music, that, that's the beauty of Ennio Morricone. Because you know it's from a film, but then you can use it for anything which Metallica has. So I want to give my respects to the family and here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast and I often talk about the relationships between music and film. And it goes all the way back to the beginning where those two schoolboys, Sergio Leone and Ennio Morricone, met when they were very little. They grew up, the composer and the filmmaker, and you have magic. But we will forever remember Ennio Morricone for the good, the bad, and the ugly. That is forever cemented in his legacy. So whenever people see Clint Eastwood, what are they going to do? They're going to whistle. <laughs> that is the power of the music right there. And so, as always, unpleasant dreams and um, on... June, July 6th, 2020, we lost Ennio Morricone, but we didn't lose the music. So, respect. <laughs>